to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are here for the second hour of our show, which talks about food and fun in the Twin Cities. And uh, we are so happy that at the beginning of the second hour, we do top two in hour two. Give him the old one, two. One, two, one, two. And now, the Weekly Dish presents... Top two, top two. The top two. Pick your best two. In hour two. All right, give me two, with it, with it. And this is the time of the show, you guys, that we talk about a couple things we happen to be mildly obsessed with over the week. So obsession, obsession, things that we are just loving in that way. Uh, do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? Well, I already started with the rustica pretzel true, bread true. baguette, so we'll just throw that one out there. Okay, but I'll follow it up with another baked good item. Okay, which is the pumpkin cookie from Bread and Chocolate. Like, yeah, D'Amico has them yep. seasonally and they don't have them anymore. So if you still need your pumpkin craving and I know they don't have them because somebody texted me mm. to say, oh, that's our favorite cookie, but we don't have it anymore. Um, it is like a soft cookie that's pumpkiny. So it's kind of bready a little bit. And then it has a delicious whip of cream cheese frosting on the top. OK, it's very sweet. But, you know, sometimes when you need a sweet treat, it was like four o'clock in the afternoon. And that with a cup of decaf coffee was Fantastic. Yeah. Dude, that's fantastic. Fantastic. Three syllables. Yep. That's her favorite word. Um, okay, so I think my first one has got to be the wedge salad that I had last night. I was at Baldemar in at, in Roseville. I really like that place. It's a great place. I'm excited about it. I think it. it's perfect for the area. It's I so, really do. It's very beautiful inside. If you're looking for like a nice holiday spot. Oh yeah. The drinks are delicious. Uh-huh. I, I like meat is great. I love meat, but I had some just like the tuna poke was delicious. Um, I'm trying to think, oh, the pork shank was, it was just this giant lump of delicious, unctuous, delicious meat on top of mashed potatoes. Okay. This is my top two in hour two. Can Sorry, you stop? I can't Thank stop you. thinking Hello, about that stop. pork shank. Okay. Cause I'm going with a wedge salad and now you're making it sound like that's not good. And now I'm like, well, it's a wedge salad. Okay. But you know how I feel about wedge salads, and they're you really love them. I love them. But sometimes you order them, and then you get them, and they're like, like it's a little bit sad wedge. Yeah, it's almost like they just they went far, too far into simplicity. I want a little judging, but I love the fact that this one comes, you know, and it's got like a lot of blue cheese, and it's got really good crisp bacon because you're gonna break that bacon apart. And then there's some like hard boiled eggs, and there's it's just like it's so delicious, and you just get at it with a big old knife and fork and you kind of mess it up and it's a it's just a really and it's a great table share so we had it on the table last night if you don't want to commit to a whole salad because i always kind of feel like if i'm at a steakhouse a salad is a nice way to kind of ease into it but, but i don't want a filler yeah and I, I i gotta save room for the meats so it was the wedge salad there now of course you know randy stanley uh is the owner of baldemar and he has a place in wyzetta called six smith and many of i put it on my instagram the wedge salad and a lot of my friends were like six smith and I was like, no, it's it's Six Smith East, which is what Baltimore is now known right. as in my little crew. So in the uh, Orono Wyzetta area. So that's that. But well, for those of us that don't get out your way, I was yeah, like, this but that's is my point. Great. It's a great wedge salad. I was very happy to see that it has made it to the eastern side of town. So and just it boom. feels kind of like you know it's in the mall parking lot so it feels like it's going to be this like chain experience but yeah, it's not it's the not. service was lovely yeah it's a great spot okay mine is a little bit weird okay this what's next your one next one but i'm very excited about it we have a thanksgiving before the thanksgiving situation happening like a friendsgiving the, except for its family okay so we're doing sunday before thanksgiving 
a whole Thanksgiving and then I'm doing the following Thursday another Thanksgiving. Okay. So two Thanksgivings are happening in my life. Okay. One has 18 people coming. Okay. And it's like all ages and frankly, it's a crew that doesn't talk a lot. Okay. This is family. Yes. Okay. So I was like, we need something to do. Like we need a game or something that's going to like get these people interactive. So I did a little bit of research and I found a new game that I ordered that we can play on Thanksgiving that okay. I think is going to be super fun. And it's called Can You Roll Doubles? Okay. And it's, um, did you remember the game categories where you'd roll the dice and you'd get like the letter S and you like think of it just well, it starts with S and you go down your list and you answer all these questions with S being the letter that your word has to start with. Do yes. you know this game? Yep. Okay. It's like that. So all ages can play because sometimes the little kids think of answers that the grownups don't think and you cancel each other out. It's like that, but it's also got dice. So you keep rolling the dice until you get doubles. And then when you get doubles, you get to steal the answer board and you have different colored markers. Okay. So when it all gets done at the end, you tally up what color marker, how many answers you had. And so it's categories, but on steroids because there's speed involved. Okay. So you have to think fast. And again, all ages can do it. So you I, haven't played it yet. Uh, but I got it yesterday. Oh, you and did. I opened it up and I was looking at it and Kurt was like, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm like, yes, you do. Yes, Kurt you doesn't will. like games. Oh. So he's like, why did you buy a game for Thanksgiving? I'm like, because it's fun. Dang it. And it looks really fun. Oh, good. So. Okay. It's called Can, Can You, you roll, roll Doubles? Okay. Well, I mean, I think a lot of families do games after Thanksgiving yes. if they're not watching TV. And apples or to apples, it's like, fine. That's kind of getting boring. Yeah. I like categories, but I only have it at the cab and I don't have it at home. Yeah. And you need something that a lot of people can play. You can do teams, too. Yep. So you can have, like, one person be the writer and one person be the dice roller. Okay. So, yeah, I'm excited about it. Can okay. you roll doubles? Can you roll doubles? All right. Uh, my second one is actually... Uh, going to be Allison Roman. Yeah, you got to sit with her I did. and like eat and I did. be all cool and journalism. And we are best friends now. <laughs> I know you so, are. And that is that. And I have her number. I can. I was text having her. such serious Whatever. FOMO. Like this, like oh, I know. Stuff well, it happened at the last second, Allison and I got Roman. it to go. And so it's like I made yes, sure that make a it happen. So you get to do that stuff. We got in, and so I don't know if you didn't talk about it last week at all. Mm-mm. So okay, so I just uh, she was in town promoting her new book, uh, Nothing Fancy. And and so I got to sit with her while she was eating pho at Quang and Quang, sorry. And uh, and it was great. And we just chatted. Literally, I we just chatted about everything. And I just kind of wanted to know how she was feeling about Thanksgiving. And she said, I'm not going to do it this year. And I said, why? And she's like, because I have done it five times. <laughs> and I was like, this is the side of the professional world of when you write about food and specifically you write about cooking. You have already done Thanksgiving a lot. And in fact, she said there's a big thing coming out uh, in November for the New York Times. And she's like, just be ready for it. And I said, OK. But she basically is like, she's not going to do it. And now I really understand why. Have you seen the previews for it? She's doing a video Thanksgiving. They taped her doing an entire Thanksgiving meal, like in real time in her apartment in New York. <laughs> Is it like a six hour long video? No, but I mean, they cut it, obviously. But I'm like, for her, it was real time. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. So she walks you through how to do this, like sort of, you know, in the ways that is it's edited and it's cut and it's beautiful. But I mean, like, it looks like a gas and it's her and her apartment, her tiny little apartment. Yeah. And figuring things out and like things go wrong and she has to bob and weave. And then there's like, okay, well, this has to go here. And, you know, like she's crouching in front of her refrigerator and she's like, I have nowhere to put this. You know, she's like, I don't know what to do. You know, 
and that's like it was real time. Yeah. So I think it was really interesting. Um, so that's coming out November twelfth. I think it's going to be on New York Times Food. Okay. So you should be able to find that there. By the way, and I'm just going to let you guys know that that is the only I said it before, but that is the only uh, online food source that I pay subscription for. I pay for it too because and it's worth it. It's forty bucks a year, and the recipe box. It's to amazing. Save recipes too. Yeah. Like from I can save a recipe from your website. Yes. To my New York Times recipe box, it's, and so they're all there. It's, it's great. Amazing, and it's I think it's one of the best things I've ever spent money on. And be a good gift. They, it is a good gift. I thought about that too. That would be a great, that would be a great thing to give. Yeah, I don't know. I just loved it. And so anyway, she's coming out. She's doing this whole thing. Let me just tell you that her book, the Nothing Fancy Book. Since we haven't, we kind of prefaced it. We didn't really talk about it. I really dug into it. Um, and I got to tell you, it is, it's just great. There's a lot of really intuitive, I think for cooks like us who know already how to bring stuff together and how to bring things to the table and kind of what works and what doesn't. That's the essence of it. It is really just like, think a little bit more in terms of like, maybe push yourself this way and maybe push yourself that way. And consider if you have this as your main, maybe what are some of the other things you could bring to the party that, that make it easy for you? Yeah. And I Yum. really, really, really liked it. So I'm looking I'm forward saying. to seeing it. I know. So that's going to be really great. And then we have, of course, you know, um, all sorts of uh, there's, by the way, I'll mention this now so that we can get this out of the way. But there is uh, on Sunday, I am doing a boozy book club at the Galleria. And so there's tickets still available for Holly Go Fabulous. And it basically, we're like sipping cocktails. Heather Manley will be there. And we are going to sip cocktails, talk about batched cocktails and entertaining. And Nothing Fancy is one of the books we're going to talk about. Uh, there's a book called Grays. There's Boards and Platters. There's the new joy of cooking that is coming out. You know this, right? The new edition? No. And I have feelings. Why? Well, I'll just wait okay. until it comes out. But okay. every joy of cooking... There hasn't been one for 10 years. Well, and I have that one, too. Yeah. I have them all. I know. <laughs> Not literally all. Yeah. But. but I mean, so this is the newest version. There's 600 new recipes. Oh, that's a lot. I know. But that means a lot of recipes got left behind. Maybe. Maybe. Captain Kitchen or Captain Ch- Captain Ch- Curry Chicken Captain chicken. I don't know. I don't know. I'm scared. What are, are okay, you having, I have to are find you having an aneurysm? Now. Okay. Yeah, I'll find it. Um, but it's <laughs> come it's coming out this aneurysm? week. <laughs> Captain Chicken Chicken Captain Captain Chicken Chicken Chicken. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break, you guys. When we come back, we are going to be joined in studio by Sean Sherman. I'm so excited of the sous chef, so we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are so lucky to be joined in studio by Sean Sherman of the sous chef, who, by the way, had a pretty big spread in the New York Times this week. Was that kind of cool to see? Yeah, it was a ton of work. I cannot imagine. How long have you been working on this? I know. Yeah, so Beth Dooley and I and Dana Thompson, my partner, we were all working on it together for so long with the New York Times. And, you know, we were in Brooklyn for the photo shoots. And so it was a lot of work. It's it's That's the funny thing. People are like, oh, you just did this thing. I'm like, I have been doing this thing for months. Group effort. Wow. I did. I saw Beth the other day at, at the TPT relish thing and she was like, oh my God, it was a lot of work. She even said that too. She was like, it's crazy. So that was lovely. But what, okay. So the, the whole point of, this is a great article that they did and it really talks about your history that you wrote basically. Um, and it talks a lot about kind of essential Native American recipes and really talking about indigenous foods and like what it means to you this time of year, especially because we think of Thanksgiving and of course for indigenous people, that's a whole different, you know, bag. Yeah, for sure. Um, and this was a really good opportunity for us because first they're just like, can you just share with us 10 recipes to describe what Native American foods are? 
And we're really like, you have to understand the immense diversity. You can't just lump some all indigenous foods into one group. Right. So that's why we chose to pick 10 different regions to showcase some of this diversity that sits across the board with different cultures, different flavors, different histories, everything. Um, so it was a really good exercise in being able to voice that in front of a, a large uh, audience, obviously. Starting with a bison pot roast and ending with crayfish and shrimp pot with spiced sweet potatoes, which I wouldn't have thought of as a native american dish but of course it is you know <laughs> we just yeah we just really chose like you know those those flavors that are really uh, around those areas you sure know, where, where people have them so so there was a dish that uh we were talking about i want to talk about specifically which was the the three sisters uh-huh. and that was you know we saw brian yazzie at the tpt relish thing which we're going to talk with yia vang about that nice. next week but he said something that was sort of like every you know kind of indigenous you know culture has these sort of corn beans and was it squash, squash. squash. yeah yeah and yet so they might be different regionally right but they mm-hmm. might but they so like ours might be different than his was from the he was from the monument Southwest, valley yeah. area yeah. his tribes were so that kind of what is like that's an interesting idea that there's something like that throughout yeah indigenous. so if you look at uh, native american or indigenous agriculture and corn culture especially so it starts at the bottom of mexico thousands of years ago yeah and it shoots both directions north and south into the americas and it crawls throughout all of mexico throughout the entire caribbean throughout the entire eastern seaboard up to canada and throughout the entire mississippi and missouri river valleys into north dakota right mm-hmm. so so much indigenous agriculture and um, for the most part people are growing the same um, varieties so there's corns, there's beans, there's squash, but there's also sunflowers, there's chilies to an extent, there's yeah. amaranth, and there's all these other pieces that tag along with it. But corns, beans, and squash is something that just spread out everywhere, and there's so many varietals, and it's really amazing. Um, there's a book called Buffalo Birdwoman's Garden that talks about a Hadatsa woman from the turn of the century and all of her memories yeah. and all the varieties that she was growing in North Dakota, like right along the Missouri River. Um, so it's really interesting history, um, and for us as indigenous um, chefs and and uh, people in this movement, um, it's a big part of the work we do is trying to source a lot of these heirloom strains. I was going to so ask you many, about that. There's so many varieties within all those groups, you know. Did they keep, have people kept, their tribes kept the seeds? And yep, so but, are you able to access that? Yep, because we have no idea how much was lost during the colonization in the 1800s. And uh, as all these native farms are being taken over sure. and how many seeds were lost. But there's still a lot out there. And there's some really amazing people working on this. And there's so many cool strains, you know, from very particular areas from the northeast from uh, north dakota from the southwest from deep in mexico and you just see all this wonderful bounty of heirloom strains out there i mean and how do we how do we as um you know so i was thinking about the three sisters which is squash you know beans and corn Mm -hmm. and your recipe on the site has hominy for the Mm -hmm. corn and has this tapari is it tapari tapari beans yeah and then squash, but I, so I was trying to think like, where can I get tepary beans? Where can we get any of this stuff? Because I was like, <laughs> I oh, mean, this is perfect for Thanksgiving roast. table or any fall harvest dinner. I would want to represent that. Yeah, so we were um, ordering tepary beans from Ramona Farms, which is a really great um, seed company in the Southwest, and we put the links on our website. So okay. if people went to sue-chef.com. That's s-i-o-u-x-chef.com. Yep, and, and we'll put our it a link community up. page. They can find some of those. Uh, okay, links. so you can order from there. Yeah, that's exactly. great. Now, what about the store? The, uh, I'm going to say it wrong. Mazopia. Mazopia. Yeah. Um, yeah, they probably have some really cool strains down there. I know they have some great wild rice and some yeah. maple sugar and things like that. So it's a great, obviously, you know, the Midwakadin, um tribal run organic store. So it's really cool there. That's. Is there anybody else? I mean, like, is that kind of our only store that's really kind of bringing in Native American foods specifically? Or, I mean... 
Um, up in Duluth at the American Indian Community Housing Organization. Um, they're developing. They have a really cool market up yeah, there. Yeah, so I was going to say. That's a really say, good spot. That's a that. great one. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're hoping to spread more indigenous food access out there for everybody to try. You know, so is that something where, like, you guys would work to get them into, like, local co-ops and things like that yep and uh you know i think the co-ops are very interested because we work directly with seward and wedge and uh i feel like they're bringing in slowly more indigenous focused ingredients from indigenous um, vendors but we need to see a lot more indigenous vendors out there and yeah that's part of our work too is just creating a demand for this, right. this stuff so. to bring that forward that's a lot you have a lot of work to do <laughs> i mean like you're busy you're a guy out there you're cooking you're doing you got a restaurant coming at some point yep you very know soon yeah we're gonna be able to do a public announcement very very soon oh so really that close that. yeah this is our nonprofit. the indigenous food lab will be opening in minneapolis very shortly so oh, good. we will announce that when it's ready okay and it's gonna be right on the river right uh, that's the waterworks project that's so different. that project is still in the works um but that's uh that's not slated till early 2021 because okay. it's such a massive project you know yeah so. do you think that more people are becoming interested in i mean like is it is are you noticing that the indigenous food you know, uh, discussion is being had more widely. Yeah, definitely. And I think people are really starting to understand that you can't even really understand American food without truly understanding the indigenous roots to it, of yeah. where all of this bounty comes from and how much diversity sits across the nation. There's so much to explore and, you know, understanding the indigenous history and stories of all these communities that are still out there and still living today. Um, there's so much out there and culinary people should be really interested if they really want to understand the regions that they're in. I think that, you know, this is the Thanksgiving issue from Bon Appetit, and they did also did, you know, a, a highlight of three indigenous chefs who uh, were talking about kind of what Thanksgiving means to them. And I yeah. feel like... And Tashia, she's one of the people, she was part of our team here yeah, in Minneapolis. I know. Yeah, And she's up in Duluth now? She's up in Duluth now. Yeah. yeah, and I just thought, this has to be, this should be a part of your Thanksgiving discussion. Like, yeah. it should be, a, should be a topic at the table. And and, mm. and I love the idea of bringing in one of your recipes mm -hmm. to sort of foster that moment of like, let's talk about this. Yeah, and I wrote a piece for Time Magazine last year that's I've been seeing pop around I right now. So, yeah, yeah. so mm -hmm. it's, a, it's really great to be able to have those... Uh, conversations how thanksgiving isn't about this pilgrim and indian <laughs> mythology but it's really just about bringing people together we and laugh some now food, but i mean you know? that's what well, do you remember i remember being I remember in like third absolutely. grade and like making the paper pilgrims yeah. and now i think like that was i don't even know what that means that was happening to us on the reservation oh, where we're making like paper mache like things yeah. you know pilgrims. so stupid <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> that's so great right so Here, these pilgrims. A, we can go we can do a much better we can have a much better direction with that holiday <laughs> But that's to me is like, that's the beauty of it. I mean, like taking and like really taking something that is all about like, because we talk about f the holidays, obviously about food, but it's really more about sharing. And I like that it's not about gifts and giving things. But to me, it's always has been about, you know, celebrating the moments together at yeah. the table. And there's a perfect moment to yeah. that discussion. And why not explore some of these wonderful indigenous foods of our regions? There's so much that we can be playing with. Yeah, you know, if you're so. going to be making the food anyway and you're saying we are here together, yeah. why not have the food say that as well? Exactly. It's so much fun. I'm way. in. I'm so in. I'm <laughs> Where so can excited. We, I really want to know, like in the Twin Cities, if I wanted to cook your bison pot roast recipe, where can <laughs> I get bison like that uh well we use Eichtens. it's just lo they're local yeah. you know they're just right up they're just north of the city yep. um so we use them all a lot basically they're okay. in co-ops i've yeah, seen it exactly. in co-ops and and i will tell you that if you're interested talk to your co-op yeah you know go to your local co-op and say hey i would like to you a know let's, roast yeah let's get some more bison paste. going and see uh, i feel like most you see burgers if they know? want to support yeah. they, they have to know that there's people out there that want you know, to bring things in. And so when you voice your, you know, the, your desire to have more bison, then they kind of, they track that up a little farther. 
So yeah, yeah there's some great spots. You can find it out there. So. Yeah, I'm going to look. <laughs> All right, that's perfect. This has been Sean Sherman with The Shoe Chef, and we're going to put up a link to his site so you can find out where to get because the Tapari beans. I'm for sure making this, the three <laughs> sisters. I love the idea of that. It's a great, it looks to me like it would be perfect on a table in the Midwest. Yeah, and especially with the hominy, which is such an another hominy, important right? story. We didn't talk right? about the hominy. It's all good. But I know. It's a really important story because everywhere corn grew, the, the process of nixmalizing the corn, turning it into hominy or pasoli followed it, and it makes it so much healthier for your body. It is. It's so much easier to yeah, you process. You absorb so many more. Uh, minerals. You get calcium, zinc, iron, magnesium. Cal- I have all a that package stuff, so. of pozole you- waiting to be cooked right now in my house. This the dried. Mm-hmm. Do you buy? You should buy your hominy dried and then rehydrate it. Or yeah, we like to make it ourselves, so we just buy dried corn um, and then we nixmalize it ourselves, and you can redry it from there if you want to. You can do whatever you want to with it at that point, because you know you can make tamales with it at that point. Sure. Right. Grind it up into um, masa for t- tortillas and things like that. See. So. This sounds great. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Sean, for being here. We'll be, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. All right. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are uh, we are here on this gorgeous Saturday. It's turned out to be great. Um, that's yeah. my weather report late in the show. There was a Forbes article about Norway. Mm-hmm. That basically said, like, why are all these people in Norway so happy, even though it's winter there all the time? And they were like, because we wear proper clothes. <laughs> so here's the thing. And someone, t- I posted the article and my friend Sinead, she was like, there is no bad winter. There's just bad clothes. Yeah. No, it's just underdressed. It's not cold. Yeah. You're underdressed. And like, get. That's I, it. Kurt and I were talking about it. And then yesterday he went mountain biking because he was like, yeah. you're right. I just got to get out. Like, I know it's cold. I know it's crappy. He's like, I don't know what I'm waiting for. We're not going to get unwintered. Yeah. So well, just I, today, get your stuff out. I broke out the puffer. I've been in denial and it's not because I'm like pretending it's warm or anything. I just, I want to wear ponchos and I want to wear my thin wool that coat. Win- window pass. It's Sorry, done. Friend, I can't. It's done. I've done the puffer. I'm wearing a hat. This is what it's it time. will be. It's time. That's fine. I've ex- I've ac- accepted it, so it's good. Um, so let's talk a little bit about. Well, we have a lot of we have some feast stuff to yeah, cover. Feast. It's we're going to be talking about the feast. We officially have a feast show the week before the feast, right? We always have a Thanksgiving show. Yes, and ours this one will be on the twenty third. Yes. So that Saturday, the twenty third is the is the official all. Thanksgiving show. All feast all the time. So we may have a chef come in. We may just mm-hmm. talk about recipes. We may just, and we'll take your calls the entire show. And we'll have links and suggestions and help. Yeah. We're, we're going to really just help you get that bird to the table. Right. Um, I, a girlfriend of mine, and I apologize. I put this on the Facebook page and it's literally like, I can't, she took a picture of it and sent it to me. So it's like, it's not even, it's an official picture that my friend sent me, but it was been so helpful because I like I said, I have two Thanksgivings. One is going to be an eighteen-person Thanksgiving, and the other person's a ten-person Thanksgiving. Yeah. So I've been trying to figure out. I had to order the turkey. Like, how big of a turkey do I need? How many people is it going to feed? So I put a portion chart and link to it on our Facebook page. So for ten people, you need a twelve to fourteen pound turkey minimum. Now I know stuff that you're always going to get a bigger turkey. Because you love the big leftovers. I need, I buy, I make that turkey so that it lasts me a week. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm going to, the one, the 18 person Thanksgiving I'm making at my sister's house. And then the 10 person is at my house. So we're working through like, how big of a turkey do we need? How many apps do you need for 10 or 20 people? Because I always like my mother-in-law or my stepmom makes tons of apps. 
I think people fill up on the apps. I don't want to play it, the apps game. Me. Nope, I don't want to play that. Although, here's here's the thing with apps. I feel like you need to have something. You can't just have like little spice nuts and like a cheese plate. I think you need to have something else because, but I also think you have to game it because you don't, the, the thing is, is like I've done it where I've accidentally not, figured out the right amount of time for my turkey and so the dinner is going to be a lot later than I thought so all I, of that's a sudden, one of your favorite my favorite stories about your Thanksgiving <laughs> is the drunk. drunken Thanksgiving oh my god so drunk so so drunk everybody I was like is anybody tasting their food because I've just worked seven hours on it and we are all blasted because it took three times as long as I thought oh, that's one of my favorites oh god I've had so many good fails but it isn't a fail it's just a thing yeah but that's the thing is I always have to game like I always have crackers now on the side and a block of cheese that I have not brought out and I'm like in case it goes longer and I can be like all right well here's some more snacks to kind of help us out like crackers too Mm -hmm. so for they say for 10 people or 20 people two apps so I think that's interesting that even with 20 people they don't have you do a third app yeah um salad 10 people it's a one person salad or one portion salad 20 people you're gonna have two salads starchy sides these don't really help me as far as like size though this is the problem i kind of well you know what i mean how many starchy sides do you need for 10 people you need two starchy sides okay okay how many starchy sides do you need for 20 people you need three okay so gravy i was worried all of a sudden that it was like per person and then i was like no no stuffing is one just that's a given mashed potatoes is two starchies yeah Yeah. so if you're only having 10 people then you maybe need a carrot or a bean or a pea but if you're having 20 people you might need like a corn pudding or you might need a macaroni and cheese i don't think corn i don't feel corn pudding as a starchy i feel that's a veggie it the corn pudding recipe i have i think is more it almost cooks up like cornbread oh okay so it's you're feeling that okay Mm -hmm. um and i've been thinking about that because my sister's gonna do the patty labelle elizabeth reese macaroni and cheese when we have the 18, but then I don't need to do that for the 10 because that would be too much to too have much. mashed potato dressing and macaroni and cheese. Veggie sides. If you have 10 <clears> people, two, I'm going to do carrots and I'm going to do peas. And here's why. Every vegetable that I do for my Thanksgiving is leftover worthy for turkey pot pie after. So I'm not going to do broccoli because I can't make that into turkey pot pie. Wow. So I really am intentional about carrots, peas, creamed onions, Mashed potatoes I can use as a shepherd's pie topping. I really like think about what that next leftover meal is going to be. That's funny. Yeah. So no broccoli at my table. That's weird to me. I I, got to be honest. It's weird because it's almost like you're deconstructed it. But like like that experience is actually primary. So that should be the what you want it, not what the other side of it dictates. But I get it. I get it. I just I feel it's weird that this is primary and that's secondary. Well, and it's the way that I kind of have become this is just the way I cook now I'm a big cooker I'm a batch cooker I'm a thinking ahead cooker it's one meal but I'm thinking about what the next meal is and I don't know but that's why I pick my vegetables the way I do that's but I feel freer at the 18 person because I get extra things can I just also put the obvious out here that you can do whatever you want (laughs) that like when you're like if you're having mashed potatoes and stuffing that's it i'm like um but then sometimes i put two potatoes on the table because that's what people want like the kids are like well we can have mashed potatoes but can we also have those scallop potatoes and i'm like sure you do a lot of funny sides too oh i 
It's all about the sides. Like, not funny, haha, but like, like it's you'll not, do doesn't a, make sense. a gratin and yeah. then you'll do a mashed potato yeah, and you no. might even have a sweet potato something. Absolutely. That Blue cheese and sweet potatoes. Yeah. Like, I absolutely don't follow this at all. <laughs> okay, desserts. If you're having 10 people, you need two desserts. I agree that. If mm-hmm. you're having 20 people, three. Yeah. And that is a stressor for me because I need to have pumpkin pie. That's a given. I also like pecan pie a lot. But then apple, like a lot of people like fruit pie. Mm-hmm. So I always end up having three pies. Do you do three pies? You don't do, because I often yeah, do like do three a pie and then I do like a bread pudding. No. Or like I do a pie and I do like apples, you know, no, like a little thing. I just do three pies. Okay. And hopefully you can find one that you like. Okay. Here's a really interesting thing. It's totally wrong. <laughs> okay. This is, we're getting to bottles of wine. That's it's what totally you're saying wrong. is wrong. So for 10 people, they're saying you need six bottles of wine. That's a lot. No, it's not. For 20 people, they're saying you need 12 bottles of wine. Yeah, totally. Or more. And I'm I'm having big drinkers this Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I don't always have big drinkers. Like on Christmas, three of the people that come don't drink. So I'm not sure about the wine situation. Let me just say to everybody across the board, buy more than you think. You will be way happier to have leftover bottles of wine than to run out. Well, there's that. And then be sure. like, uh, I guess I can make you a martini. That's not going to go well. No, That's especially not, go not well. at the meal. That's you what don't I'm want saying. to drink a martini Or like, with your I guess meal. there's water. Here's some milk. <laughs> <laughs> we drink milk in our family. Oh. And there's always people that have the Thanksgiving milk. That's not a lot when of When you say table. milk, you just made it sound like arsenic. That yeah. is so funny. We, your don't, face. we haven't had like milk to drink. At our, uh, there's like one kid who comes over who has in his life, I have milk for him. That's it. We don't. <laughs> That's it. We don't eat cereal either, so like we don't we yeah. don't have milk. Around. I don't have milk usually either, unless I know someone's coming. Yeah. Yep. I have cream in my coffee. Like so milk. That's that. Yep. <laughs> so that's a Thanksgiving calculator. Okay. What do you got, friend? Well, I just have to tell you, we just have to dr- dig into the fact that you posted something on the website that had to do with some random person saying there was a Kentucky tradition to take a turkey, brine it. Stuff it with potatoes and cheddar and then coat it in uh, hot mashed Cheetos. up hot Cheetos, flaming hot Cheetos. And then they're like, then you bake it and you basically cook it. You take it out and you you sort of snip it down the spine and crack it open and then scoop the cheese out. And I just am so, I was so, I was so very, like, sort of disturbed by that. I thought, I got to see if this is. It was so, like, where does the turkey grease go? Yeah. Is it in that cheese? Yeah. Like, what is the, it just, so, I couldn't. I Because I didn't want to do an entire one, you guys. I did a chicken. And I did buy Flaming Hot Cheetos. And I did buy Tillamook cheddar. And I, the, my first thought was, there's no way that's got to be Velveeta. I will say that cheddar melted pretty nicely for it. But here's what I did. I, I basically, I didn't brine the bird. And that was maybe why the insides were as not as great as the turkey is, you know. But, like, I, I basically stuffed a couple potato pieces and, like, a half block of cheddar inside a chicken. And then I melted butter and I put it all over the top. And then I coated it with the, with the Cheetos and I cooked it for an hour. I got to tell you, the smell in my house was not awesome. Here's the deal. Like, normally you're roasting a chicken and you get that, like, crispy, you know, that buttery kind of, and if you've done some garlic or lemons, like, that's the smell of roasting chicken that I love in my uh-huh. house. This was chemical warfare. There was, like, a smell of Weird. chemicals from those Cheetos being, flaming hot Cheetos being cooked. Weird. It was disturbing. Like, I was, it was hard for me to continue on with the experiment. But I have to say, 
Once I shoved the the block of cheddar up the hoo-ha of the chicken and tied the legs together, I was just sitting there going like, I don't even know how this is all going to work. It's going to come out. out. And sure enough, it totally did. There was like this giant pool of cheese in the roasting pan. And I was like, well, this is... And that's just burning. And that's just, yeah, coddled and burned and whatever. So we got it out. I cut it down and I cracked it open. And the insides, you know, had some stuff in there that mixed with the cheese. It was not as pretty as the video. That's for sure. No. You know, there was some there's stuff long inside. portions. And weird, but I mean, I'd taken all the insides out. But I know, but there's like still There's still like pieces and blood veins and yeah. Bony. The potatoes were not cooked. I mean, that was only an hour because it's a chicken, but still, I, it wasn't really about the potatoes anyway. But the thing about that cheese, no matter what, and it looked in that video, the same thing. I think it's Velveeta. It's not because you can see where they're like pulling it. It's so elastic. Velveeta doesn't get that elastic. It's more runny. Oh, you're right. So by the time you pull some of that cheese and put it on your plate, it's already cold. Like it's already cooled to a point where you can't really even dip that chicken in there. So was the whole thing just fake? It's not good. <laughs> it's but beyond not even beyond the fact that it's trashy, you know, and to use these Cheetos, there was no flavor that they imparted to the turkey to the chicken or the turkey, the bird. Because they're on top of the skin and even when you cut into the skin, something the about Cheetos fell off. Heating them also, it was there wasn't even any spice to it. There was it wasn't even hot anymore. So I don't understand Ew. where the like what the effect of that is. Like nothing worked. Ew. Yeah. So here's my thing. Don't do it. Not that we didn't need me to tell you don't do I it. I mean, but. so did you? I mean, you ate it. You so ate here's the what chicken. we did. Yeah. I well, we I, we kind of played with the cheese to try to figure out what to do with it, and then I basically stripped the skin off of the chicken and shredded the meat and I put it in the quesadilla. So, and moved on. <laughs> moved on. Yeah. But I mean, I can't even cook the carcass. You know what I mean? Because it's all weird. Usually Boy. I would make stock from it, but it was kind of. And here's the other thing, you guys. The coloring of those Flaming Hot Cheetos is everywhere now in my house. Like my hands were dyed, you know, that fluorescent red. And like Gross. it got on like my clothes and because it was heated and then it was like wet. And then it was just it was everywhere. And it's disgusting. And just think about and my daughter loves Flaming Hot Cheetos. I've had Cheetos. They're fine. I like them. Just think about what happens inside your body when you eat a bag of Flaming Hot Cheetos. Gross. I, well, that's a whole nother thing. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to wrap up the show for you. This is The Weekly Dish. We're brought to you by El Burrito Mercado. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are wrapping up the show today. Thanks for joining us today. By the way, if you missed any of Leslie Miller's uh, wine terms, because often I know you guys are driving and you're trying to like, oh, my God, what did she say? What? What? (laughs) And so I know that's hard, but just know you can always, always, always grab us on the podcast and download us later and then take your time and rewind (laughs) and write things down. So don't drive off the road is the point of that. And we always produce a second helping, we call it, of fresh content that is not on the show that drops every Wednesday. After the show today, Steph and I are going to go hit up the preview for Potluck, the new spot in Roseville that's in Rosedale Mall. That is uh, seven concepts all put together by Minnesota chefs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Betty and Earl's Biscuits, which is Jason Matheson's, will be there. Nordic Waffles is there. Um, Obishan, which is a Justin Sutherland concept, is there. Dive Bar, which is Josh Thomas, Mac Shack Roseville. We are going to be up there. We're going to get a taste of all the goodness, and we're going to record a pod from there, so you can look for that Wednesday. Potluck actually opens Tuesday at 11, so if you're waiting for it and waiting to have one of those Jason Matheson biscuits, which, by the way, I've had one. Just going to say, it was pretty tasty. Good. 
Good. So yeah, so that's what we're doing on the pod. Okay. Um, there is uh, there's um, a lot of things that open this week, by the way, restaurants and stuff around town. You can always find those at msfamag.com slash the feed, you know. Um, and just to let you know, like, there's a couple of cute little places open in St. Paul. One is 36 Cafe, and they are doing the jiggly pancakes, those jiggly souffle pancakes from Japan that everyone is mm-hmm. hog wild about. Apparently, they've had a little bit of a time getting used to the throng of people already asking for them and they do take longer to make those jiggly pancakes take longer to slow rise so just be ready for a wait is what i'm saying um and then this other little place i'm excited about called hot hands yeah have you been there no but i've driven by it twice and it's on snelling yeah and it's a hand pie place it's just pies and and biscuits Mm -hmm. it's pies and biscuits so um it looks kind of interesting and she's and they have pre-pie order in case you're you know wanting to know if you want to order if you find a couple that you like Rose Street uh, Bakery, I was over there, and they've got their pie list and their bread list going. Yeah. You have until, I think, November 24th to order. I think next week we should do deadlines. Okay. And we'll talk about, because I was at, uh, yeah, I was at uh, Lowry Hill Meats, and like their order sheet is out in deadlines, and France 44, and all of those guys, too, who have, you know, Birchwood, and Brasa, and yep. Animales, and everybody, they all have deadlines that you should think about. Yep. If you're going to be getting orders or pick things up. Right. So there you go. Um, another one I just want a little opening that I wanted to call out uh, was Domfork Distillery in. Oh, yeah. I know. Talk about. Listen up, you guys. If you want to have Let's a have beautiful. Come in. We will. We will. They have a beautiful distillery in St. Louis Park. They've just opened a cocktail room that is dead sexy and just kind of sweet. And it's a beautiful. It's a they have brandies. They have these really artisanal brandies. And we've had them. You, I, I was reminded that I never got a chance at the rye because you took it like the right away. Rye. The rabbit rye. Yep. And I was jealous again. But um, they, I always have their Helgelander is what we sip post Thanksgiving. That's one of the brandies on the sip tray. It is a very beautiful um, spirit. And what I liked about reading about the cocktail room, because I haven't been yet, but they have like half size things, mm-hmm. which tasters and little yeah, small cocktails. Because like, I want a, a two ounce, like something, mm-hmm. a two ounce. That's perfect for me. It's like I want to be able to taste all of the things, but you have to be so careful. Yeah. 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 I know it. Um, here's the thing. Did you know that the Union Depot Bar and Grill closed? In the Union Depot. I did. And now it's going to be relaunched as something called Station 81. And I'm very excited because it's being run by Appetite for Change. Mm -hmm. The people who had started Breaking Bread Cafe. Which means that they're going to be using locals, you know, produce. And they're going to be doing, you know, kind of employing kids who are, you know, trying to work their way through the world. And, you know, it's just a really good social justice uh, organization. It'll also be Thursdays at Union Depot. They're having the far- indoor farmers market. So if you're downtown St. Paul worker or just want to pop down there between, I think it's like 1130 to one. Yeah. On Thursdays, there'll be an indoor farmers market at Union Depot. Right. Right. So lots of good stuff going on around mm-hmm. town. Um, again, Have, well, let- Do you know anything about Estelle's? Yeah, Estelle's. What is that? So it opened up in the Bottle Rocket space, you know, over in St. Paul. Mm-hmm. And it's a couple of industry vets. And they're cooking what's they're kind of calling Southern European. So it's basically like Portuguese, Spanish, and Italian. Yum. Sort of Mediterranean kind of things, but with a little bit more Portuguese kind of a flair, which, of course, takes you a little bit uh, differently. And people are raving. Everyone says it's packed and it's busy. And so they've got little pastas and they've got, yeah, you know, some piri piri chicken and some really piri, interesting. Piri, piri. Piri, piri. I, know. I have two giant bushels of parsley from my 
fall farm share. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling chimichurri, Stephanie. Oh, my God. I love chimichurri. I do. I do, too. Um, I'm going to give you guys a quick, fast rundown of some magazines, of the of the food magazines, because I don't really want to go into too much detail. And besides next week, you should already have these if you're going to buy them. But I'm going to tell you, like, all the food issues. I have to tell you, food ne- or uh, f- food and wine and obviously, uh, Bon Appetit, obviously those two, they did well this year. I was happy with them both of those, right. those perfect Thanksgiving. And I thought Food and Wine did a great job. And they have a whole, they have Rush Creek Reserve is featured in the magazine. Oh, gosh. That means we're not going to be able to find as much. I know. Uh, here's the things that I don't care about. Don't ever pick up any more Food Magazine, Food Network magazines. It is an entire ad for Reed Drummond. She's on every other page. Okay. Every other page. And there's like a picture of her like made for order meals. And then there's a whole story about it. It's just, it's horrible. Um, I'm going to tell you that I was very impressed with Eating Well magazine, which I don't buy things that are telling me how to eat healthy at Thanksgiving. But I love how they talked about whole roasting vegetables. I might do a Romanesco because of that on the table. That's one of your weird sides. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Um, Here's what I think about living. Martha Stewart living. It was good. It was classic. It's not a lot of, there's not a lot of things in there that you're going to like learn new, but okay. it was strong. So there you go. That's my roundup. All right. That's the roundup of the magazines. It's been a great show. Yes. Great fun. And we will see you guys next week. Have a great week. Ciao, ciao.